Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Valley, joined alongside Logan Plant. How are you doing, Logan? Good, but I miss Zach. I'm sad that he's going to miss all the PS5 news we get to talk about yeah. today. Yeah. What is it? Three three weeks now? Three weeks now, a Zachless podcast? Yep. After four weeks of a Kevinless podcast. <laughs> those two <laughs> glorious weeks where we all met up. Yeah, yeah, incredible. And and then it's two months of, of just weird. Yeah, he'll be back. He'll yeah. be back eventually. Yep. I hope anyways. Yeah. Before we get into all the news surrounding the PS5 as well as some other news that has broken over the last week, what have you been up to game-wise on current gen consoles? Whoa, current gen, almost last current gen. Current gen going to be last gen in like a year. Except Weird. the Switch? Except, yeah. I mean, wasn't the Wii U in that weird... Because the because the Wii U is technically a part of the three or the the PS4 and Xbox One generation, but, the Switch, it's uh, the first next gen consoles came out three years before the other ones. <laughs> Way ahead of the curve, yeah. Because their old console died. I do wonder if we're going to get a Switch Pro when around the time that the next gen consoles come out. That's been on my mind lately. Yeah, I don't know though. That I don't know if it's time yeah, yet. Be... It's 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 getting like it. It kind of surprises me how long it's been since the Switch has come out. I mean, it's already been a couple of years. So by the yeah. time that next gen comes out, yeah, like three years. I mean, that's that's about enough time to to come out with an upgraded version, yeah. honestly. But like I just three, got a Switch Lite. <laughs> yeah, yeah which, you did. Which, by the way, I love it. I love it a lot. I have not talked about it on this show yet. I really, really enjoy it. I think it's... It's one of my favorite handheld devices I've ever owned, for sure. It is super comfortable. You go back to the other one, you're like, man, this is really big and bulky in handheld mode. Like, that's just the advantage that the Switch Lite gives you. Transferring games is really simple. All you have to do is, if you have Switch Online, you just up make sure your cloud save is up to date, which it does automatically, as long as you're connected to the internet after you save a game. And then you just like hit plus on the game icon on the home screen, download that save. It takes like three seconds and then you can hop in and pick up right where you left off on the other console. So yeah, it's really nice. Obviously not as easy as just picking it up out of the dock like you can with a normal switch, but yeah, for that upgraded form factor and it's much easier to just throw in a bag or something. It is actually a lot smaller, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. I always thought, you know, it was very easy to keep, the regular switch charge because you always just slap it back in the yeah. dock mm -hmm. is it is it any more annoying to have to like actually manually plug it in and just have it sit somewhere um or no i don't think so i just have the charger plugged into the same power strip as my phone charger so at night i just stick it in its case and it charges and it's, it's totally fine all right but yeah the battery life is also noticeably better not to the point where it's like life-changing like oh man i can play for so much longer but it's like I feel like I should be running out of battery by now, and I look, and I still have 30 to 40% left. So it's it's noticeably better, but not a total game changer. Didn't it have the, the same battery as the upgraded uh, Switch version? Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, so it was about the same battery life? It's not the same battery life. The upgraded Switch goes up to nine hours. This goes up to... Yeah, that's, that's a ton. This goes up to... That, that's got to depend on what you play. Yeah. <laughs> this one is like six and a half hours if you're playing a low intensity game and if you're playing breath of the wild it's like three and a half which is about a half hour to an hour better than the normal switch yeah. it's the upgraded battery but the battery itself is a lot smaller since it has to fit mm. into the switch light so right. people at first thought why didn't we get the upgraded battery in the screen you do it's just smaller so mm. it, it's really nice though i like it a lot also holding the screen side by side 
the original Switch has is way more blue light saturated, which is really weird. Like, the colors on the Switch Lite are a lot more vibrant, and I think that's also a factor of that upgraded processor with the better battery and the better screen that comes in the upgraded Switch model. Like, I think the colors just look better on the Switch Lite. Yeah, I didn't really notice till I held them side by side how blue the screen of my original Switch was. So yeah, that was something interesting that I wasn't expecting. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It's nice. Got a tempered glass screen protector on there. It's a tiny piece of hair in the corner. Just <laughs> ruins life, man. I, I can't I can't deal with that. That's why I didn't well, – I tried to put a screen protector on mine, and then it just was just like I can't do this. Like, yeah. There's just little, little bits of dust, and then they make that huge like – noticeable splotch mm-hmm. looking thing on the uh, on the screen protector i don't have the splotch though we were able to iron that down but you can still see the hair there a little bit which is a little bit devastating but hey that's a <laughs> that's a pretty big first world problem i'm fine with it i'm getting used to it and yeah, yeah i still play if i'm still if i'm gonna play like major story driven game or something like that i'll play it on the main switch on the tv but for grinding through dragon quest which i have already finished once last year I it's really nice to just play on the Switch Lite and like have a Netflix show or something like that or baseball on while I'm doing that. So it's been super cool for that. Hopefully nice. my sticks don't drift. Yeah, that is that is the one major concern with that thing yeah. with the non-detachable Joy-Cons. Looks like the most recent update on that is that the sticks actually are different than normal Joy-Con. People are like, oh, they're different. They're not different. Oh, they are actually different. So hopefully they don't drift. Some people yeah, are already reporting I... issues, but we'll see. Yeah, gotta gotta wait a little while to see if that becomes a more widespread problem. Hopefully not, because be I don't know sad. what they do if that becomes a big issue. Yeah, yeah, there was a lawsuit about that already. See what happens yeah. there. Good fun. Dragon so what Qu- games have you actually been playing? You mentioned Dragon Quest. Yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven on the Switch Lite mostly. Really fun still. I love how the party actually follows you around in the overworld. Like a really small change, but it's just really cool. Like you can just turn around, and talk to Eric at any time. See what he's thinking. You don't have to go all the way into that party chat menu to talk to your people anymore. So that's cool. Just, I know a lot of JRPGs do that. Have your whole party follow you around. So I like that a lot. Um, other than that, just plowing through it. I'm eight, eight or nine hours in now. So I played like five hours over the last week. It's pretty good. As it was last year. Play yeah. it if you haven't yet. The Switch version is definitely the definitive way to play. I also started Control with Zach. He came down over the weekend, and we decided that would be our next game we played together, where we pass off the controller every 60 seconds, like we did for Horizon Zero Dawn, and a couple and Link to the Past, and I think one other game I'm forgetting. Resident Evil, was that? Oh, yep, Resident Evil 2. Yep. Resident Evil 2? Yeah. yeah. It's a weird game, man. It is a really weird game. And I don't know if I think it's weird in a good way yet. I am still undecided. We played about two hours of it, I think. And the narration's just really weird, because it's like she's talking to us directly. The main character, Jesse, is like, oh, I haven't told them about you yet. When should I tell them about you? Is it too early? I don't know who we are. It's like one of the mysteries of the story. But the dialogues, it's just super weird. The story, you have to find most of it by picking up the documents and the audio recording collectibles and listening or reading them. I'm never about that. Horizon did that. (laughs) I was not about that at all in Horizon. When games do that, it's just, I just want you to tell me the story. I don't want to have to search out these collectibles and then read or listen to the audio logs. I just have never been a fan of that. Yeah, well, I I also think it doesn't help that you're passing the controller every 60 seconds. I think that style of playing a game is more conducive to making sure that you're in action as much as humanly possible. Oh, yeah, we speed run. Yeah, if you're you're playing a game with a friend like that, 
you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't care about the story, like, <laughs> or, or like optional story, optional I, story you know, just, yeah. just plow through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for someone who is going through the world, I'm sure that's interesting, but you know, for someone playing with a friend, it's just not, not as important. I don't think. But even when I play games alone, I don't like stopping to read stuff. Like I'm not like, Oh, I hate reading. I just don't like storytelling that way in games. I'm just not a fan of that, that storytelling practice, but the gameplay is really fun. There's a lot of cool moves that we have. Like you can do this melee move where she kind of like blasts up the ground in front of her. And that does like half damn and it, it destroys half out of an entire enemy's health bar of just like the normal crony. So you do that twice and they're usually dead, which is pretty awesome early on. Your gun has infinite ammo, which is pretty exciting. You just have to let it recharge. Uh, we figured out how to pick up blocks and then throw them at people basically using like, it's like silver, the hedgehog. Just pick up stuff and oh, chuck it, good. but way easier good. to do, <laughs> and it actually feels really good. That was one of the moves that the game taught us later in our play session. So the gameplay is good. I really like it. What I don't like are the checkpoints, because there are warp points on the map. We have three unlocked so far, and when you die, regardless of how far away you are from the last one you were at, you go back to that warp point, and you just have to make your way all the way back, but... Your progress saves, but your location doesn't. So we killed a boss. He was pretty tough. He took us a few tries. And then we sprinted down this hallway, and we ran off an edge and died because it looked like a wall, but it was just an edge, and we walked off and died. It was like this really weird, like, paranormal hallway, and we thought that there was an edge there that was like a portal, but it turned out it was just a drop-off to our death. It took us a mile back in the building to before we even killed the boss. Are we going to have to kill the boss again? No, we just had to run back like two or three minutes to where we were. It's just really annoying that it doesn't autosave in individual rooms or after individual story moments that you're just required to run back through the hallways again that you were just in with no purpose, basically. It's really annoying. Even just bosses. Like, isn't that like the place to put a checkpoint is I after know. you defeat a boss? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All the places to, to put a checkpoint. I mean, that's kind of the one. Yeah, so the checkpoint system is not great, and I think that's probably going to irk us more and more as we go on, especially with the the minute thing we do. It's like, man, my entire turn is getting us back to where we were. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty annoying, but yeah, so I have mixed feelings on it early on, but the gameplay is good. I do like the the bureau where the game takes place. I think it's a really cool setting. Uh, The combat, the enemies I think are good. The boss design was fun, but the story I'm not sold on yet, and the checkpoint system irks me, but it's a good time. Performance is good. Uh, they patched that yet? Yeah, yeah. They there was a performance patch on PS4. It runs pretty good. There are some wonky things like. And you're on you're on OG OG PS4. PS4. So it's gonna die. All the ones to 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 chug along. That'd be the that'd be the console. Yeah. It runs well. Her animations are a little weird. Like sometimes her sprint kicks in. Sometimes it doesn't. She has like an auto run. And like sometimes she's just like jerking forward and then stopping. So there's some wonky things with the physics engine and sometimes it chugs a little bit, but I only noticed it because I knew it was a thing. Like I probably wouldn't have noticed it if I hadn't heard people complaining about it. Oh, that's good. How about you, Kev? Uh, Played a little bit more Bioshock just rolling through. I think I'm about halfway through. Still really enjoying it. Uh, Unlike you, I, I enjoy uh, how the story is told in Bioshock with the, uh, with the usage of the audio recordings that you pick up. And I think it also helps that there's very little in the way of actually like 
meeting people and talking to people. Everything is done through audio recordings, whether Oof. it be from the past or from now. Like you don't see anybody. It, it again, it helps the world building and that you're very like alone in this world and you're just running through just the madness and being just thrust in there. You don't know what this world is and the people around you do and they're trying to help you through. So I think it aids the um, the atmosphere that the game builds. But I mean, it's it's the same as I've been saying over the over the last week. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoy the combat. Really enjoy the uh, the world and the set pieces uh, that it has. It's just fun. I don't I don't have too many new thoughts on it because I didn't get too much further. But uh, definitely enjoying what I've been playing of Bioshock. I also hopped back into uh, into Donkey Kong. <laughs> nice. Remember that that was a game that I have that I just dropped. And surprise, surprise, I uh, I had stopped right before a boss fight because that's what you do. And right now, the game is sitting on a boss fight. So, so you I'm beat one whole that. world and you're at the next boss. Yeah. No, yeah. That's exactly no, the cycle. Like so, so actually, the last boss uh, was a water boss. And I'm like, yo, this is going to be the worst thing in existence. Because it's like these bosses already suck hardcore. And then underwater, this is going to be brutal. I beat it on my first try. Was it the Puffer Boy? Yeah. I hated that one. It was the first... I beat it on my first try. <laughs> That's clutch. It was... Yeah, I mean, I was close to dying a couple of times, but I think it it helped that... Because you have to you have to hit these bosses so many times. It's, what, three per wave, right? Mm-hmm. So usually it seemed like with, uh, with the other bosses, you'd hit them once and they'd go through their animation again. You hit them, go through the animation, hit them, and then they'd go on to their next phase. And so it would just take forever. But with this boss, you'd be able to swoop in two or three hits in one go before he stopped and like redid his whole animation thing again. So I think it kept the boss fight moving and it made it seem more like a normal one, two, three hit boss fight finished. So I probably lucked out. I mean, there were a couple of spots where you're like swooping around him. Yeah. It's just like, oh boy. Donkey Kong's like pointy hair kept flipping <laughs> onto one of the spikes on the wall and that would hurt me i uh, uh i hated that one that's one of my least yeah. favorite bosses yeah <laughs> so funny because that is that is like the only boss fight that i was able to just blast through i honestly think it was beginner's luck i was just rolling through i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i probably have to hit him here and then i hit him and then just was able to hit him a couple of times and i was like yo he's already into his third his final like form what that's clutch. and then i was able to kill him what boss are you on now uh, the next world's boss. So at world five, I, I haven't fought him yet. I oh, literally okay. stopped like at that boss fight. Okay. Cause I was wrapping up and I'm like, there's no way that I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to beat this, uh, thing right away. So you're almost, done. I was very glad. Yeah, I'm close. I mean, I have two more redonkulous, uh, boss fights. I'm not looking forward to, which just annoys me even more because man, the levels are just so good. Uh, one of the levels in uh, in World Five, um, it was one level where I was just blasting through, and you just get that feeling of just you're in the moment, and you're just flying through, and everything is just going perfectly for you. The rhythm of the level was so well done that I was just like hopping between everything. Um, just ah, the levels are incredible, and the set pieces that they come up with that make it feel like the world is actually existing beyond just Donkey Kong being there. Yeah. How they're how they've got like these huge ice cubes that are falling because you're in this factory where they're like churning these things out and like the gummy stuff like this weird stuff. But they make it feel real like Mm -hmm. it's crazy. So the levels are fantastic and it just sucks that 
every time I get to a Boston, I'm like, yo, this is going to be the worst. Like, I don't want to do this. But then I know that once I beat that boss, the stuff that comes after is going to be a bunch of fun Mm -hmm. until I reach the next one. So, yeah, yeah. So I was very glad that that boss fight, I was able to skirt on by (laughs) and move on to the to the next world. But blasting through that world was just a bunch of fun. That game and the music. Oh, my God. That music is incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Good game. Boss fights still not great, but the rest of it real good. So hopefully I'll have that done relatively soon. I can check that off because I am getting close. Just those two boss fights and then a bunch of more fun levels. Well, the last world is pretty brutal. Oh, is it? Some of the last few levels. Yeah, can get can get pretty tough. Well, that's what uh, that's why you rack up all the extra lives. (laughs) Yep. Just go and spend all your coins on balloons. Yeah, out on 99 balloons. But yeah, 99 red balloons. Yeah, 99 red balloons. <laughs> so that's story. all I've been playing. If we want to hop into the news, we got PS5 stuff to talk about. PS5's coming out holiday 2020. Whoa, man, we know the title. It's called PS5. That's so exciting. Whoa. It's not called Scarlet? No. Not just Scarlet? <laughs> PlayStation Scarlet. <laughs> but... <laughs> Just cool to get that confirmation so we can stop calling it PS5 if it's called PS5. At at this point, they can't yeah. not call it that. Yeah. You've gone on long enough with the numbering that unless it is like radically different, you got to call it PS5. Like There's not much else mm-hmm. you can do. So this was revealed in a PlayStation blog post. PlayStation 5 launches holiday 2020. And then once again... Mark Cerny talked to Wired, and there was this huge breakdown of a bunch of the tech that's going to be in the PS5, including some stuff from the controller. The Wired article says the controller looks a lot like the DualShock 4, but with some major differences. There's haptic feedback now instead of just generic rumble, which is going to be kind of similar to HD rumble on the Switch, but a little bit different. There's the triggers that can adjust with tension, which the Xbox One currently has. The PS4 doesn't have those. Uh, I think this is going to be more in-depth than the Xbox One ones are, but basically it's described like you can feel the tension when you're drawing a bow and arrow. So hopefully they were playing Horizon Zero Dawn 2 when they were testing yeah. out that bow and arrow physics. What the other comment was, you can feel a broader range of feedback, so like you can even get a sense of variety of textures, like yeah. running through grass or mud. Yeah, so that's like, going to be the major gimmick. It's going to be the gimmick that people exploit for the first entire year of PS5 launch window games, and then they're like, eh, we don't need this anymore. Forget about it, and they won't use it anymore. But yeah, it is- I don't know. I think it's more interesting than the touchpad of swiping the thing or Me being too. like, oh, put it on its side, and you can shake it because it's yeah. got motion. I think it'll be gimmicky at first, though. I think there'll be some gimmicky uses of it in the first year. sure, yeah. We'll come back and be like, man, we had to do this with that feedback? Like, oh, walk until you feel this and then press a button. I could totally see that being a thing. But I I feel like you can put this into a more traditional gaming experience easier and have it not feel as gimmicky, unlike the touchpad and the motion. Mm Mm-hmm. That just disappeared after year one and two. Like, this Mm -hmm. is something that I can feel like, yeah, It'll probably be used for gimmicks, but it will it should be able to stick around and actually provide good uses. Like in a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, I, I just wonder if it's going to be used every time you're moving. Like if you're walking through grass, you're going to feel the grass feedback. Then when you're walking through like a old shrine, are you going to feel like walking on the hard ground? Walking through snow, are you going to feel that? Like is this is this just going to be a constant thing you feel when you're playing games now? I don't know. Yeah. I have to wait and see. Yeah. If that'll be a feature that 
if it is that in depth, if it's something that you can turn on and off, if you're not a fan of it, that would also be a question. Yeah. You can just play without that sort of rumble. If it is as in depth as that. Yeah. But then I'm excited about the triggers. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I've done it a few times on Xbox one. Like I think halo five uses it where the different gun you have, it's different tension to fire the trigger. And actually it is a pretty cool feeling. I do like it. It gives some more feedback to the different guns and makes them feel different. So in a game like horizon, I think that would feel really cool. Last of us even, because I'm sure last of us two, will get some sort of remastered edition on PS five. Yeah. I think that'll be cool. Was that the best part of halo five? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Yo, my my most anticipated thing, a better battery, a larger capacity battery. I go and play the Switch, and I'm like, this controller can last me days mm -hmm. before I have to plug it in. Every time with the DualShock 4, I sit down and play, and then by the end of my play session, it's like, you got one bar left. And I'm yep. like, I, I only played for a couple hours. Yeah. So that light, that light sucks yeah, all the battery. Just to sit there and be like, I'm blue. Or in <laughs> some game where it's like, you are dead, red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to a better battery. Me for too. Sure. Me too. Also, uh, the USB-C. Yes. That's nice. That was like my most exciting announcement about the controller was the USB-C because I have so the many of those battery. laying around. Yeah, you. I actually didn't know about the better battery. You just told me that. Or a larger capacity battery. So I guess yeah. they could introduce some the, – the, the light bar again where it's like it's a bigger battery, but it's sucking down the juice <laughs> at, the, at a faster rate. So it's the same battery life, I guess. Because it has to do all the haptic feedback and the triggers. <laughs> and the, It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, this lasts the same amount of time. If this was the same That'd size battery, fun. it would last 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping a larger capacity battery means better battery life. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. That but is different knows? wording. That's not a guarantee of better That's battery true. life. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But excited about, yeah, Jim Ryan, the Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO, talked to Wired as well, and Mark Cerny. They both talked about some of the tech of this thing, talked about the ray tracing. They talked about some interesting things I don't really understand about blocking up data so it's easier for the disk reader to find it. That was like a huge thing they were talking about. I don't really understand how any of that works, but... Interesting stuff. They just keep talking about how the new drive is going to get rid of a ton of load times and the raw read speed is going to be incredibly fast. So I'm really excited for that. Just based on what we saw, that tech demo from Spider-Man on PS4, that was crazy. So faster load times, that's going to be a big deal in next gen. For sure. Yeah. Also, disk drive. Disk drive is back. Thank goodness. We already that, knew that. That's still going to yeah, be around. Backwards compatibility but, on PS4. Yeah. 4K Blu-rays. PS5 disk capacity of 100 gigs. So that's going to be blown away in like two seconds. <laughs> I mean, Red Dead was already like 90. Yeah. <laughs> now. Like, yeah. For games built for PS5, that's going to get just get blown away there. I oh, may well. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Last of Us is coming on two discs. I think it's I an, think so. I think it's an install disc and a play disc. Man. Yeah. It's going to be as big as Red and Dead. And disc three is for the multiplayer in three years. Standalone. <laughs> PS5 exclusive. <laughs> Yeah, but, but yeah, exciting to get this news about the PS5. I'm looking forward to it. Got to start putting away those dealers now. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want the uh, Modern Warfare PS4 Pro bundle that comes out. Hey, you can drop your money on that instead of the PS5 in a year. Yeah. Well, what about um, the Death Stranding one? Do you feel the same way? Well, the Death Stranding one is an actual like limited variant. I'm pretty sure Modern Warfare is just a PS4 Pro oh, with, okay. yeah. with the game. Yeah. So it makes even less sense to pick that up. Oh, also that 
the the whole game installation thing where you can install the entire game yeah or mm-hmm. just do single player portions delete one of them if you want yeah that's, if you don't use it anymore that's pretty nice like a lot of games that'll ship with multiplayer that i won't touch i'll just never install it like yeah. uncharted usually comes with multiplayer i don't play that like uncharted 4 and lost legacy both have that i've played that for about five minutes it's like, yeah, just don't install that. Don't even yeah. have to think about it. Because in the struggle for space on my PS4, it would be nice to just cut out some useless modes that I don't use. And again, we all know that 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 storage space is going to be paltry on the yeah. base version. It's got to it's, it's got to be nothing. a terabyte base, right? Right, but that's going to mean very little. Yeah, <laughs> like if that if that is the amount that we get, that that's just going to be nothing for for some of the big games that are coming out on that thing. So a feature like this, I'm sure will be nice for the people that do need to conserve space and try and squeeze in a couple of extra games out of their storage space. If they don't want to get an external. Yeah. So like me, I still don't cool. have an external. Yeah. Yeah. I upgraded my externals like half full. Oh man. I mean, I think my How what? Many Yakuza uh, games is that. I mean, all the Yakuza games don't even come close to Final Fantasy 15 that I haven't even played. Because <laughs> that thing with all the updates is like 90 gigs. That's true. That thing's huge. That's, that is a fifth of the of my PS4's normal storage space. It's technically more, because you only get access to like 300 and something of those gigs, I think. I feel I like think I, it's more. I thought like 100 gigs, over 100 gigs were taken up by something. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's like... UI and system functions and stuff. I didn't think it was that much. Okay. But it's too much. But yeah, it's it's at least a fifth of my storage yeah. space. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Some def- definitely some interesting stuff and mm-hmm. cool to get a confirmed release window mm-hmm. uh for 2021. I mean, it was all expected well, most with people Scarlet were coming out then too. But yeah. yeah. Looking forward but to it. to get some news because they have been pretty well and quiet after Xbox is like, yeah, Project Scarlet exists and we'll show you a couple of things at E3. Nothing coming out of Sony for a while and now they're like, boom, here you go. Here's actually a fair amount of, uh, of details on the console. Yeah, and then Blue Point Games, who recently worked on the Shadow of the Colossus PS4 remake, said that they're working on a big one right now. This is from the Wired article. And they said, I'll let you figure out the rest. I saw around Twitter that apparently Blue Point Games has been rumored to be working on a Demon's Souls remake. So that could be what they're talking about here. Now it's PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale remastered. Remastered, not even two? No, there's just that the rumor. There's that rumor about two being a launch title for PS5. That'd be weird. With Spider-Man, as a playable character, the <laughs> PlayStation All Star. Oh my god! Yeah, that'd be really weird. Yeah. If, if it's real. not Demon Souls, what do you think it'd be? Ah, uh, well, a remake. Yeah. Probably. Most likely. This worked on Most that likely. Shadow of the Colossus remake. I don't know what else I think it could be. I was thinking, what if they remade like eco or something like that one of the other yeah. uh, games from the shadow of the colossus studio do you have any ideas my other pick would probably be infamous mm. one and two because mm-hmm. i'm trying to think like if if ps4 you know it's backwards compatible with the ps4 then there's much less reason to go back to those games when you can just pop them in and play them on your ps5 so i was thinking well it would have to be an older game and the only other big one that i can think of that people seem to really want uh would be infamous mm-hmm. uh infamous one and two uh, that were on the PS3, but yeah, Demon Souls too. sounds like sounds like the one, <laughs> mm-hmm. at least from from the rumor mill, at least. Yeah, and uh, another interesting point I noticed from this is that they said 
PS4 gamers still have a lot to look forward to with Death Stranding, Last of Us 2, and Ghost of Tsushima. So it's still coming out on PS4. Still coming out. Mm-hmm. Man, they're going to be some big games squeaking on in at the end. I wonder if the PS5 is going to be out by the time that thing launches. Yeah, I don't know. But it's... Or it could be like a June game, like a summer, May, yeah. June launch. Yeah, because what Cyberpunk's in April, right? April, yeah. So there's nothing huge in May or June yet. I could see that. I could see Ghost of Tsushima being a summer game. It's just cool to see the PS4 still getting a bunch of heavy hitting titles within the last year of its existence or of its, you know, of its life, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that it's still getting a lot of support instead of just kind of a dry year before next gen comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk more about last gen later in the show, the O2 segment. But that is the PS5 news holiday 2020. Looking forward to it. Yeah. New Yakuza 7 information. Kevin, tell me about it. Woo! Yeah, so there was some new information on a couple of the different jobs uh, that were touched upon a little bit at uh, a Tokyo game show. So they were talking about uh, the dancer, fortune teller, riot police, and idol. So these are four of the jobs, basically classes, since this is an RPG so character classes that you can choose. Um, so the dancer is pretty similar to Yakuza Zero's uh, breaker style. So that's cool. Um, fortune teller is going to be using uh, a bunch of mage abilities. So that should be absolutely ridiculous and stupid. Yeah. And yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, Riot police. I mean, that one makes a lot of sense just with Riot gear and everything. Uh, I'm assuming very defensive. Um, and then idol is supposed to be the... Uh, like the cleric or the healer. So just interesting to see where they're going with these, uh, with these jobs. And I'm interested to see how many more there are, because it sounds like there's going to be a lot more than just these four. They also touched on, uh, ranking up these jobs. So there's going to be leveling up for each of the, of the jobs bonding that's been in the Oxy games before with certain characters. So you can bond with, uh, with each of the characters, taking them out and doing stuff. Um, so, That'll be interesting. Human powers, I'm not quite sure how that all is going to work, but just like passion, kindness, cheeriness. I'm just like confused what that is talking about, but mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, just a bunch of uh, of stuff on the job classes. So uh, I'm interested to see what the different abilities that you're going to be learning uh, through all these different uh, job skill trees is going to be like. And if there are a lot of different job classes that you can switch between relatively seamlessly and level them up as you go along, I think that should help some of my concerns about the combat getting stale. If you can just be swapping between and, and mm-hmm. trying out a bunch of different things or swap, swapping characters out to try and get a different feel with, uh, with different characters, hopefully that'll, that'll keep the combat from getting stale and, and keep things uh, being fresh. So, yeah, good stuff. I'm still very, very curious about how this game's going to look, you know, being a completely different style from the other games. It's going to um, be good, man. how they turn it into an RPG. I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, it's going I'm to just be curious the best to see Yonkers how that... Yet. We'll see. We'll see. Just to see how that entire battle system comes together. Because I'm sure the rest of it is going to be great. There was also some news that the uh, that the new world that they're creating is three to four times bigger than Kamurocho. Whoa. So, <laughs> and Kamurocho's pretty big especially when you're walking around it all the time so i'm sure they'll have a fast travel system in place to get around from place to place um but that's going to be super cool that not only is it a new area that you're going to be going to but it'll be a huge area that you're going to be exploring hopefully with a bunch 
of very distinct and different districts. That'd be really mm-hmm. cool. But yeah. yeah. That looks good. That game, that game looks good. I'm excited for it. It'll you, be good. <laughs> are you going to play 3, 4, and 5 remastered when they come out, or just own them? Uh, Just own them for now. Those... I went through the entire series relatively recently, yeah. so I think yeah. those are games that I kind of want to sit on for a while and then come back. But you know, I I need to have I need to have that collection yeah, with sure. the PS uh, with the PS3 box. But yeah, those those are the ones that I think I'm going to sit on, especially with you know Yakuza Seven on the way as well. Just another Yakuza game to add to the pile. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll 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 get to them eventually for sure. Doom Eternal delayed to March 2020. Comes out March 20th, the same day as Animal Crossing New Horizons. I think this is funny. Two games that can't be more different than each other. Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing New Horizons come out on the same day. (laughs) Do you know anyone who's going to pick up both of these? No. I do. (laughs) Well, well, oh, do you? Uh Our good friend Kyle is going to pick up both of them. Oh, Because he's a recent Animal Crossing convert, and he loves Doom because it's published by Bethesda. Okay. So, yeah, he's picking up both of those on the same day. Is Animal Crossing published by Bethesda now? It is not. Is that why he's picking it up? It is not. (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's funny they come out the same day. Yeah. Of all the games to come out on the same day, uh, that is probably the best pick to go for when they're pushing this game back. Because not only are they two very different games, but they're on different platforms because... Switch version ain't coming out on the same day anymore, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. When they said it was coming out day and date, I was pretty skeptical at the time. I did not think it was going to make it. I thought just the Switch one would be delayed. I was a little surprised they all got delayed, but I'm not surprised even... the Switch one's coming after. Yeah, but but I think it won't get cannibalized by Animal Crossing because they're on completely different platforms and two completely different styles of games. I'm sure the fan bases overlap in some areas, but compared to if you launched the same day or the same week as the last of us or mm-hmm. something like yeah because Animal right Crossing. around that area we got we got last of us we got final fantasy in march and we have cyberpunk in april i think all three of those are a much worse pair for something like doom i think coming out at, at the end of march about a month before cyberpunk about three weeks after final fantasy i think that's a great time for it yeah yeah and then you can get your animal crossing and doom on at the same time mm-hmm and also, Doom 64 is not just coming out on Switch anymore. It's coming out on all platforms, and it is free as a bonus for pre-ordering Doom Eternal. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's actually so. a pretty darn cool pre-order bonus, and not just like, here's a, a weapon skin. Yeah. Like, yeah, whole game. <laughs> this is a much more interesting pre-order bonus. Yeah, and that comes out the same day. So if you buy it on Switch, I think you still get Doom 64 on March 20th when it comes out. That's good. So yeah, yeah, that. I could hear something about that. Yeah. yeah. But that game does look cool. It's not my type of game, but it does look really cool. Yeah. God, the combat in that game just looks so fluid. Yeah. My God. Yeah, like, I've, I've played a little bit of the original remake, Doom, and yeah, it is, or I guess reboot. Yeah, just Doom. Yeah. Doom 2016. Yeah. And it is, 2016, it is very good combat. Call. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, game developers. Why just it's just going to keep happening until the end of time. they got to boost those sales. Do you think there's ever going to be another Doom? Like, in 20 years, he'll just be like, Doom. It's like, you're talking about Doom, Doom 2016, or Doom 2030? Honestly, because then the vernacular will just change to everyone calling it Doom 2016. So then they're like, oh, we don't even need to worry about that. Just call it Doom. And then people will be like, Doom 2035 or whatever. It'll keep happening. It'll keep happening. 
So Pokemon Sword and Shield is not delayed. It's still coming out in November alongside Jedi Fallen Order. And Google Stadia comes out in November. But Game Informer has Pokemon Sword and Shield as their latest cover story. It's the first time Pokemon has ever been the cover story for Game Informer. So I actually went through and listened to one of their podcast segments on it to hear about some of the new information they were talking about. So first of all, they said that the Game Freak team had to double for this game. It was usually 100 inside Game Freak. Now it's about 180 to 200 employees. Game Freak likes to keep a smaller team to make communication simple and easy. I thought that was pretty interesting because people always complain about how, oh, there's not enough people working on this. This looks like a budget title. But to them, it's like a vision of, no, we like to keep our team small so the game can stay focused. And it's not difficult to communicate with people. And you know most people probably working on the game. If you're like a director, you probably know everybody who's working on your game. So I thought that was an interesting philosophy. Yeah. Well, they definitely needed to at least increase the amount of people somewhat considering that they're going from 3DS to Switch. Yeah. Just necessary to increase the amount of people yeah this is interesting this is this is on the process of getting a pokemon approved it says that you need to have a reason for every design element of each pokemon so if a pokemon has horns there needs to be a reason it has horns like oh it hunts prey or it defends its young so there needs to be like a narrative reason for every physical element of a pokemon makes sense for it to to fit in the world, mm-hmm. to give them kind of purpose instead of just being like, yeah, that Pokemon exists. <laughs> yeah. Like, just very ethereal. Like, that's good that uh, that they actually have a purpose. It was just interesting because I hadn't heard that before. Was the uh, was the ice cream cone oh, one, was, was their purpose in life just to get, like, eaten? I knew that you were going to bring up the ice cream cone. I could feel it. Now, it lives in, like, a, it it's, lives it's in a, like a freezer, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to hear the reasoning behind that one too. <laughs> I, I don't know if if that's yeah. if that's the line of reasoning. I'd have a couple of questions about a few of the Pokemon. Yeah, but like the garbage but, bag. <laughs> I mean, what isn't that just something on the pollution, just becoming sentient or something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that was Grimer and Muck, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, not that different, honestly. They're, and they're the exact same Pokemon. <laughs> Pretty much, what Muck is like slightly more gray than purple. <laughs> that's bigger. <laughs> yeah. So max raid battles will supposedly be very challenging. They'll have a difficulty rating from 1 to 5, which is the same system as Pokemon Go. They said that they thought of this idea before Pokemon Go kind of took off and became a thing, and they just took the name from Pokemon Go, which I thought was weird that they clarified that. Like, oh we're not just God. copying Pokemon Go. It's like, okay, guys. I didn't copy that. Yeah. But we copied the name, though. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know much about this yet, but Pokemon you acquire early on will be more viable in the late game. Uh, game Informer said they weren't told much, but Game Freak said, you'll know this mechanic when you see it. So apparently... XP share? Well, not XP share, but the ability to just have Pokemon just be gaining XP so that even Pokemon from early on? I don't know, because apparently... I mean, I always use Pokemon to get early. Apparently they're not very good later on, but no, Pokemon games well, are so easy well, just... that... Well, just their base stats just weren't as good. Like yeah. if you picked any of the early bug Pokemon or even some of like, you know, just the normal Pokemon that show up in the in the first couple of grassy areas. It's just the fact that their stats don't match up with the other Pokemon in Endgame. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's what they're changing that. That, you know, they make them more viable or they just make them all star after like that's the other option. Yeah, because star after is beast. Speaking of EXP share, that's gone. Because it's now, just EXP everybody. It is EXP right? everybody. Yeah. Which I think is fine. I mean, 
less makes it less grindy. I thought the option was good to have EXP share as an option. Like if you wanted to have a grindier, more traditional Pokemon experience. Right. And now yeah. that's just gone. Yeah. I, I feel like that would, wouldn't be a too hard of a thing to put in. Just be like, yeah, turn that on or turn that off just to give people the option. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah. So you'll just have Caterpie just hanging around and then he just gets beefed up. <laughs> Just by yeah. hanging out. Remember the old <laughs> trick of like sending out the Pokemon you tried to level up and withdrawing him and sending out your best Pokemon. Oh, of course, that's guys. how you. That's how you did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you mm -hmm. send him out to start the battle and just be like, get out of there. You're gonna get <laughs> just obliterated, bud. I Come loved, on back. I loved going to do that against the Elite Four and like sending out like a level five Pokemon and then they just get like six or seven levels and like the first. Yeah. first oh, they just few plow. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. More of that. Yep, nope, just everyone gets it, which is how it was in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah. They also said that gyms are back because the team wanted to go back to basics for the first original entry on a uh, mainline entry on a console, but Game Informer initially reported that there would be 18 gyms, but actually the number will be closer to what we're used to seeing, and it will just vary between sword and shield what gyms there are. So that's normal. That's yeah. normal. Because what, there's 18 types you take those 18 gyms, minus 10... Eight gems. There you go. Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> so there's 18 Pokemon types, right? Yeah. What? Is there? I think so. I think there okay. are 18 I, types. I lost track when they introduced, like, Fairy and stuff. And Yeah, I, I'm pretty else. sure there's 18. So I think the translation error was... He said there's like a possibility of 18 gems because there's 18 okay. different types in Pokemon. I think that's where the translation error came from. Okay. But no, it's going to be similar. I was disappointed when that was corrected because I was like, 18 gyms? Man, this game is going to be huge. Oh, no, it's the same. It's either going to be huge. It, it, it Well, it won't be, obviously. But if that was the case and they were going with 18 gyms, the game was either going to be really big or the routes in between towns that you would take to go to the next gym would be like four seconds. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fight two youngsters. <laughs> Boom, next gym. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I would expect that over a bigger game. Yeah. Name just start slamming all the gyms together. Yeah. Just two in each town. You just go to the town, beat one gym. They're connected. <laughs> yeah. Be like, Jack you and Joe me, bathroom. But can you beat the other gym leader? Oh, yeah. You can. Uh, oh, you uh, you wipe the floor with them. All right. <laughs> Move on. Name of the game Sword and Shield was happened very late in the development process. Game Freak said that the legendaries were already made to look like a Sword and Shield, so they picked those names. Solid pick. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they could have gone with like dog and dog for that. Just just the two dogs. Pokemon dog dogs. and dog. Yeah. <laughs> which dog are you going to get? You don't even know which one. If you're pre-ordering it, you're just going to get one of them. You don't know which. I just thought it was interesting. I thought that they named the games that and then designed the legendaries afterwards. Because... We learned the names first and then saw the legendaries. So I just assumed to have them in that order. But they're like, nope. Ah, that, looks, that looks like a sword. That looks like a shield. Let's go with that. They're like, are those? Is that, is that, a, is that a sword and a shield on those Pokemon? <laughs> Did we do that? Sword and shield. Done. Yeah. All right. So the legendaries' names, do you know them, by the way? No. So we got Zamazenta. And that was chosen <sighs> to rhyme with magenta, going back to naming Pokemon after colors. So, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just wanna, I just wanna say, who's gonna say Zamazenta and be like Magenta? 
magenta. Yeah. That's what they were going for. Yeah. And then Zacian is a reference to Cyan. Okay. So we got All right. Cyan and Magenta are what the Pokemon are named after. Naming creatures after colors has always been a staple in the series, and the team wanted to return to that. Yeah. Like red. Remember? Char- Charmander, Charmeleon, red. <laughs> so that's some, that's some of the news from the <laughs> Game Informer cover sorry, story. Yeah. Kevin's clearly taking Sword and Shield very seriously. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I, if you told if you told me those names and didn't tell me that they were named after colors, I would not I would not have known. Yeah. Like at all. At all. Yeah. So, so after after when I was listening to the podcast, I'm like, yeah, Zamazenta's magenta. I'm like, oh, so Zacian is cyan. I figured it out, but without them telling me, I would have never right. thought yeah. about that. It's so random. I don't know if that's supposed if, if they think that everyone knows that or or easily understands that, or if they mean that as sort of an Easter egg. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I wonder which one they're trying to go for. Yeah. But that is those are not that close. Yeah, either way, though, it's weird. So there's your Pokemon news. Some interesting tidbits from the Game Informer podcast. Last piece of news, Outer Wilds is coming to PS4 finally, October 15th. That's next Friday. That's a week from today. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. That that game looks really good. People were really liking that. I, I mean, I guess I could have picked it up on PC. Was that Epic? Was that on Epic Game Store? Um, I'm not Game sure where exclusive, it was. Game exclusive, I think. But it was so. an Xbox One console exclusive console exclusive (laughs) pc yeah but yeah yeah ps4 that's super cool uh definitely interested in picking that up at some point having it on ps4 will be super nice yeah i'm excited that i have kind of stayed in the dark in that one hoping it would eventually come to ps4 so i'm looking forward to playing that one yeah it didn't it didn't seem like uh too much too many spoilers were going around about that game though i feel like spoilers can be a big problem for a bunch of games but when Outer Wilds came out, it was just like everyone was saying, yeah, this game's really good. And that was it, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. But it didn't get spoiled on anything. So now I can go into it knowing nothing except the fact that it's a good game. There's a ton of games I want that are out this month, Kevin. Guess how many? Yeah. Then you just get this one that just plops on and be like, boom, there's mm-hmm. another game to add to the pile. Guess just how many there are out this month that I am interested in. Uh, uh Hmm. And we're already already halfway through the month, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's Luigi's Mansion. Yep, there are That's eight. One. There are eight games. There are eight. What that, that I'm interested Wait. in playing this month. <laughs> what are the other ones? Is that there's this? So we got Luigi's That's... Mansion. Uh huh. We, we got Outer Wilds. Right. Concrete Genie just came out. Concrete Genie. All right. Ukulele yeah. and the Impossible Lair, which looks like Tropical Freeze, just came out. Yeah. Uh, if after... they just pulled. If they just pulled the boss fights, like. Yeah. Just perfection, basically. Yeah. After Party and Monkey Ball come out on the same day. And then Ball. Indivisible is a really cool-looking RPG that just came out from the makers of Skullgirls, that fighting game. That just launched. It's yeah. I want to get it on Switch, though, and it's yeah. it's not out on Switch yet. It's only out on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. So when it comes out on Switch, I'll probably get that. So that's not this month. And Ring Fit Adventure! Are are you on are you on the bandwagon now? Uh, I want yeah I was on the bandwagon the day they announced it. Are you on the eighty dollar bandwagon? I don't know if I'm on the eighty dollar bandwagon. We'll see. That's but, the real question. But is it going to drop in price? That's the question. Uh, I mean it it will at some point. Yeah. It just depends on how long you're going to be waiting. If if it's anything like Labo, it's just like twenty dollars. <laughs> 
That'll, yeah. That'd be nice. Well, that probably also means that it didn't sell all that well. Yeah, I think this will sell well. I hope it sells well. People really like it from some early impressions of the gameplay I've seen. Yeah. I, I Again, I think it is that price tag. If people are going to be willing to drop $80 on it, especially when we're going to be getting a bunch of big titles mm-hmm. going to be coming out that it's got to compete with. But for a price drop uh, in the near future, I think that it could it could drum up a lot of interest if they drop the price down to like mm-hmm. 60 bucks or something. Uh, I'm excited relic- to play that on my Switch Lite. <laughs> just mounted on a wall. <laughs> just like looking on the ground like yeah. it's up, propped on a wall. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I do love oh, the Switch, Switch Lite, Lite, but I would never recommend it to be the only thing you get. Like yeah. if you don't have a Switch and you can afford the extra $100, get a normal one. Yeah, you can get the one with a better battery life now. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because it's still fun yeah. to play that in handheld mode. Like, it's not as comfortable as the Switch Lite. But if you don't have a Switch Lite, you don't know that. Yeah, yeah. There are some people, though, that are strictly handheld. Mm-hmm. So, good good for them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like Smash Brothers? Like, I play that with friends so much that I need to have a, a TV for that. Yeah, there are just a number of games where it's like, yo, the experience is just not as good if you can't either pop off the Joy-Cons or pop it into the TV to provide multiplayer experiences like that. But mm-hmm. for some people, that that handheld is all they need. Yep. Yeah. All right, that's it for news this week, Kev. Yeah. So for the O2, we're going to wrap back around uh, to talking about the PS5, specifically about next-gen in general. We'll be talking about what our hopes are for next-gen, whether that be in terms of the hardware or in terms of the games that we want to see coming out in this just next-gen for both uh, Sony and for Microsoft, just what you want to see uh, from these new consoles that are beco- going to be coming out at the end of next year. What are you thinking? What, what is on your wish list? I really hope that the strong traction of single-player experiences that we've seen kind of carries over because the first half of this generation, and last generation mostly, everything had to have a multiplayer mode, or now, this generation, everything had to have microtransactions. And then... I mean, Nintendo aside, we're just talking about Sony and Microsoft here. Sony then, this gen, at this latter half of this gen, really started releasing these super strong single-player-only experiences with absolutely no multiplayer attached in, what, Spider-Man, God of War, games like that. It didn't need a multiplayer, and we're going to see that again with The Last of Us Part Two. that's just single-player at launch, and I hope that carries over and we can just keep getting these solid, focused, really well-done single-player experiences. Because that's been one of my favorite parts of this gen, is is kind of returning to that after a couple years of microtransaction DLC grossness. Just getting kind of back to simpler games that are just really great experiences has been my favorite part about the PS4. Yeah, and it's 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 been nice to see them actually do well financially. Just to exactly, prove yeah, to some of the... Them. Yeah, to prove to to some of the higher ups who just see the dollar signs in microtransactions and always online services that hey, you can make a single player experience and if it is a good experience, people will buy it and you will make a lot of money. So, it's good to see that Sony has shown that it can be viable and it can be viable when you're releasing it on just one platform. Yeah. Think of if if you're making a narrative driven game across the two platforms or three platforms if you're going Switch as well that mm-hmm. it it can be done it, it can be very viable yeah that is super cool especially for someone that doesn't play multiplayer games that much like me uh it's been really nice to just have a bunch of really quality single player experiences to just be hopping back to uh, on the ps4 mm-hmm. 
yeah, so that's one of my main hopes software-wise. Hardware-wise, I don't know if this is feasible with how impressive the games are going to look and run on PS5 and Scarlet, but man, I talk about this sometimes. It's such a small issue, but booting up the PS4 just takes a long time. I just feel like hopping into a game just takes real long compared to the Switch, which you can just power on, hop in, and within like 30 seconds, you're in the middle of a game. Like, booting up the PS4, because in rest mode, I feel like it takes a lot of power. So I usually don't like to put it in rest mode, because I feel like I feel like that just takes a lot of energy to do that, both for, what, the environment and my power bill. I usually don't do that. So just booting it up all the way from scratch and getting into a game takes a long time. So I'm hoping with these improved load times, I hope that carries over to the boot process as well, because... That's honestly a deterrent sometimes when I'm deciding what to play. It's like it's late at night. I have like a half hour before I'm going to go to bed. And it's like, do I want to go boot up that behemoth right now? And then I don't. So (laughs) it's a small problem, but it's one that I just really hope is a quality of life thing that's fixed on PS5. Is the other issue that if it's late at night, your behemoth of a PS4 is just going to start screaming <laughs> when you're playing a game? Neighbors pound on the wall. Why are you why are you up. a plane in there? Stop playing that PS4. Yeah, I hope Burn the PS5 it. is not as loud as the PS4 original. Well, I think it's just a matter of the hardware getting outdated if you're going launch variant. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that it won't be loud when it comes out, but seven years down the line, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like the PS4 was loud when it launched. I feel like that was the thing people complained about. Mm, Maybe. Just gets louder and louder. (laughs) Then the Xbox One I've heard is just (laughs) something else on that original model of just just being slow and yeah, it is not slow. being able to run things super well. Yeah, my dad's OG Xbox One is starting to die, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes it'll boot, and then it just has to reboot immediately. <laughs> like, it'll just shut off and turn back on right after you turn it on. Yeah, it's weird. Hopefully yeah. the base models last longer. Um, yeah. Well, in the whole, the whole rest mode thing, at least in terms of power, we know that that is going to be a smaller energy consumption. Mm-hmm. So that'll be nice. Yeah, I'll opt into that, and I'll do that. So. Yeah. Uh, what what are you hoping for from next gen? Uh, games wise, <laughs> Viva Pinata. I'm I'm on the Sony train right now, and luckily for me, Microsoft knows that I don't want to buy an Xbox, and so it'll put a Viva Pinata game on PC if it ever came out. Yeah. So that wouldn't necessarily count for next gen, I guess, since it would come out on PC, and that's not a part of next gen. But my hope is that Rare goes back to Viva Pinata and makes. Makes a new game in that series. Everyone talking about Banjo 3 or a remaster of Banjo 1 and 2 from Rare? No. Viva Pinata 3. That's my pick. Um, in terms of the hardware and UI, I'm one of the weird people that really, really likes to see how long I've spent in games. And I really like the feature in the 3DS of just being able to go through a log and see how much I played. And when Sony had... I forget the name of it, but you could go online and look at your history from that year and see what you've been playing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, in, in the UI or somewhere in there, I want to see how long I've played things and just see game logs. Like it's it's a small thing, but mm-hmm. I really like that ability. And, and the Switch is really lacking in that. I want that to get an update. So it's a much so it's just the 3DS, basically. You just I want get the a parental like controls that. app. <sighs> then you can see no. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's not it's not a huge wish for sure, but it's just one of those little things that I really like to dig into. 
just stat those stats are really interesting to me of mm-hmm. how long I've played a game or how many times I've played it. Just some sort of game log, I think, for the PS5 would be super cool. Yeah, um, that's an underrated one. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, performance, not uh, not screaming super loud. Um, and then in terms of the controller, like we were talking about before, I do hope that the that the things that they're adding to the controller will be interesting enough to last beyond the gimmick phase. Mm-hmm. Because the the PS4 controller, all the things that are sucking down the juice of that battery just aren't being used because they weren't all that interesting to be used. So I'm hoping that these new innovations that they're bringing to the controller will actually be something that developers will want to use and gamers will want to use in their games. Make them actually usable so that yeah. we're burning our batteries on something beyond just a light bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good picks. Software yeah. wise, I want another Uncharted. I know we're just a few months away from The Last of Us, but I feel like I feel like PS5's gotta have an Uncharted. Even if it's not made by Naughty Dog, as we've talked about, give that to a different studio and I think that they'll do a fine job if you give it to uh some of the people we've talked about, like I'm totally forgetting now who was rumored to be making it. Do you remember who was rumored to be making the Uncharted? On the next gen Uncharted? <laughs> What? There, there was a rumor about a next-gen Uncharted? Yeah, there was talking a rumor. about Demon? What? No, there, like months ago, like six months oh. ago, there was a rumor about some studio making an Uncharted that wasn't Naughty Dog. I remember that. Yeah. Nope. And we talked about it on this show, and we were like, yeah, I think they do a good job with it. It's totally eluding me now, but I remember talking about that. So if that happens, that'd be awesome. I'd like to see a new Uncharted. Visceral. No, wait. <laughs> Not visceral. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. They would have been the pick since they were making an Uncharted-style Star Wars game. Yeah. Anymore. Now on. That would be interesting to see what a studio's take on Uncharted would be, cons- like a console mm-hmm. Uncharted, because they handed off the, the Vita game. To Ben. Yeah, that turned out well. Yeah. But ben should make small, it. Ben big, should yeah, make it. They, they could do that. They could do that. Yeah. Because they made Days what... Gone, which was received av- mixed to poor Sold reception. Well. Yeah, it did sell well, but that's a massive open world game. If and it, some parts of it were good, and Uncharted on Vita is good. So I think that Bend should make an Uncharted on PS5. Okay, I'm down for that the pick. Yep. All right. So next year, Bend gonna announce that uh, the Soli Soli they're making one. the Soli Chronicles <laughs> Part One. Yeah, if they make the Soli Chronicles, how many games? Three. It's a trilogy. Three? Trilogy. We, yeah, trilogy? I've mapped this out multiple times. You got. Young Sullivan bef- uh, before he meets Nathan. Then you got Sully when he meets Nathan and when Nathan's a kid, they go on those journeys. And then you got Sully post Uncharted 4 with Sam. That's your trilogy. Those would make sense. Yeah, that'd be incredible. And considering that Sully is the greatest video game character of all time, those things will sell really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really well. <laughs> on that, on that note, I think we can end this here if you have any final thoughts before we finish things off. Just, just need more time to play some games. Been so busy lately. Hopefully I have some more time over the next week or so. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other thing for next gen. Uh, some actual good launch games. I mean, yeah. we're going to be having backwards compatibility, so that's going to be really cool. There'll be a lot to play. But uh, considering that Sony had nothing at launch of the PS4, basically, uh, one... One cool game at launch uh, as a reason to pick up a PS5 uh, would be good, I yeah. think. 
Like even <laughs> just the something. Switch, which just launched with Breath of the Wild and then some not so great games. That's good enough. Just one killer game. Right. Comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it's going to be. Knack 3. I don't think Knack so. Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That's going to end things off on this episode of Oda Games. We're here on Fridays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other podcast services that you may use. We're on Twitter at Oda Games. You can send an email to odagamescast at gmail.com for Logan. For Logan, not Zach. I was going to say it again. He'll be back at some point. So for Logan, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.